Welcome to season two of Quarantine Chronicles. We uh, we didn't get canceled as as I thought we would. Uh, so <laughs> here we are. To my virtual left, we have uh, Jason. Hi. And then we got Angel to my virtual right. Hey. Uh, ah. So so if you guys, <laughs> I have a question. To... Yeah. Something wrong with my what haze, was Jason? did we? No, no, your haze great. We had a season finale and didn't like. No. <laughs> We're like robot chicken. We're always at danger of getting. It's just control. always. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, we're we're like a, a a Japanese anime where like there's technically never a season finale, but there is different seasons. <laughs> like they immediately okay, start. Fair. That's fair. But that's but that's only because like, their animators are overworked and just like R and H Q overworks us. I feel like that's a shot fired at me, and I will not apologize. No, but last <laughs> episode of. Of uh, Ram Nintendo, Angel said that we were in season twenty three. Yes, of, because we were uh, episode two hundred and thirty eight. Right, we would be in season twenty four though, hmm. because the first what what is it? The first uh, wait no, the season twenty. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's also worth noting that in the podcast world, seasons are literally just words that mean nothing. A podcast will be like, "Welcome to season three and season two is like the day prior. No, season no, two. no, 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 because <laughs> think about Serial. Serial had, has like three different seasons. Right, but though, yeah, but there's a lot of podcasts, for example, Zach Braff's Scrubs podcast, where he's like, the season two finale, and then the next day he's like, season three starts today, and I'm like, what? What's the point of the season at that point? Anyway. Well, it's been, it's been two weeks since uh, the season finale of season one of Quarantine Chronicles. Usually, good shows get canceled around season two, so don't be surprised if this no longer shows up on your feed, ladies and gentlemen. Just like Party Down. We, we, we showed Elvis Party Down last night. Me and a mutual friend of ours, Matthew. We saw the first three episodes. Man, that show's hilarious. Have you guys ever seen Party I Down? Like you, Party. I, I have not, it. but I've, I've heard very good things, and I feel like you saying we're, we're like Party Down is very high praise. Too Party, high of praise. Party Down frankly. is so funny. It's a great show. Everybody watch Party Down. I'm not going to talk about it on today's episode, but, uh. I'm Scott's oh, it, right? You guys should watch it. It's uh, like a catering service. No, I'm going to work and you watch it. Oh, uh, it's on Hulu, oh. and then on on several websites uh, that of the illegal variety. But it's definitely on Hulu. Definitely want to check out. Yeah, that, um, it's just too funny. Wait, your brother said that you guys don't have Hulu. We do. don't have Hulu. It's oh, on so. the Apple TV, but that's the only place you can watch it from. Oh yeah, that, oh, that guy yeah. has no. I, I feel like he never knows how to turn that thing on whenever I'm over. <laughs> so how many how many subscribe how many subscription services do you have on your Apple TV? I'm kind of doing an informal poll. Like I'm curious how many people actually subscribe to cuz everyone talks about cord cutting and then they subscribe to like eight things like, which is basically the same thing. I'm subscribed to or how I many things do you have, let's say access to cuz everyone shares accounts. So let's just say access to. Okay, so just oh, on the man. Apple TV it's just so... trying to narc us out. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to specify which is which. I'm not knocking out that hard. Um Crunchyroll, Funimation, uh, HBO Max, DC Universe, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Uh, I think that's it. Gotta be honest, I lost count. I don't think we have. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we have Disney Plus in there, but that's seven. Seven. You don't have Ken, Disney what about Plus. You? Not on the Apple TV, no. Well, I don't have. I don't have a. I don't have an Apple TV. Like, how many subscriptions do I have? Yeah, just in yeah. general or access to? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, because that was—I mean—that's that, pretty much doubles us all the subscriptions I have access to. Right. Where that's you actually pay money. There's some free ones that cannot be that I do use sometimes. Yeah. So, so in terms <laughs> of the ones that I pay for, Hulu, Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, and I—I I guess I'll just count YouTube Premium in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, five. so what I'm. What I'm deducing here, let's see, I have one way or another, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Oh, I have four. Weird. CBS All Access, I have five. Ew. My, well, my parents have that one. I just oh. off it. Hey, that's where the Console Wars documentary is, which I'll be talking about on the normal podcast, the regular podcast in a week. But yeah, because I was thinking like, so they're about 10, 15 bucks a streaming service. Let's say 10 bucks average. People are still paying like 50, 60 bucks, which is only like 10 bucks less than some cable packages so it's just interesting how cable basically in my head i was just curious because cable everyone's talking about oh cutting the cord with cable and it's so much more affordable we're getting to the point where it's literally the same price which i find kind of interesting the That's thing about the, the thing about doing the the like a la carte way with all these subscription services that usually you're not forced into a contract this is true. like a direct tv at&t yeah they force you into like at least a two-year contract you ain't getting my soul double <laughs> yeah, that's so a very good point I, I feel like that's where at least i'm more okay with it yeah yeah and and you can kind of subscribe and cancel depending on what shows are on what service at what time and yeah well it is int- subscriptions because i had i typically only get spotify whenever they do that three months for 9.99 deal and i guess I do you mean 90 wait like, do you mean 99 cents or 9.99 Nine bucks and ninety nine cents. Oh, for three months. For three months. Yeah, for three months. So because they do a one month ninety nine cent deal too. No, yeah, yeah. Whenever they do either one of those, that's usually when I get on, and I'll have to set a reminder for myself to cancel it so it doesn't renew. But I almost, I would say like ninety percent of the time, I always forget to cancel it, like I did yesterday, because I just got the notification that I got charged. So I'm like, well, I guess I got another month. I uh, I did that with DC Universe back, and I I was just gonna subscribe to watch Harley Quinn, which I did do. And then I forgot to cancel and it renewed, right? Like the day after I finished. And I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I, guess, like, I guess I'm a DC fan now. I guess I guess I like more than Batman now. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, now I've canceled it. But Well, now it's all kind of HBO Max anyway. Which, speaking of, they need to figure out how they want to present HBO Max. Because I still – I have HBO on cable and I still can't get HBO Max. And then, like, Roku's can't even stream HBO Max. So people have Roku still can't get HBO Max. Like, it's such a mess. That's weird. Roku's supposed to be, like, the box, I guess, for the streaming services, I'm guessing. It has the most streaming services, I'd say. I'd say the best box is Yeah, Apple it's got TV. Jive Turkey, dude. That's the thing? Jive Turkey, it's like a it's like a channel uh, that you it's can like get. something Napoleon Dynamite says. <laughs> uh, more like uh, something that... Black Dynamite would say because it's literally just black exploitation movies. <laughs> Dang it! I, did, I didn't mean Black Dynamite. I don't know why it's the Napoleon. <laughs> yeah, when you said Boy Dynamite, like okay. <laughs> well, Kevin. Well, I guess he didn't think I was saying the right thing, but I guess he still got what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, it's just a channel of like seventies black exploitation films. Really? Yeah. It's called Jive Turkey. Cool. Huh? There's the there's name alone makes me now. want to get it, but it has a terrible logo. Jive Turkey black exploitation. I don't even want to ask what the logo is. I'm afraid there's no way we can present it. With no, no, no. It, it's, just, it's just really bad. It's like, it's like, have you guys seen that? Um, Jason's banner artwork. That no. Ooh, that, shots uh, fired. That uh, graphic, graphic designs my passion photo. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like that. It, it basically reminds me of that. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Anyway, sorry, I hijacked our intro to talk about streaming, but I feel like yeah, we had yeah, actual well, topics well, we, this we still, we still haven't even... Oh, yeah. The beginning thing. The what? What? The thing you always forget? This thing... No, oh, it's, it's there are timestamps for this episode no, 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 on no, the it, blog it post. It doesn't count when you do it. <laughs> oh. Well, then there's no timestamps after all, I guess. I mean, no, we got derailed because, <laughs> of the dri- because of Jive Turkeys. But you had asked another question about just subscriptions and services, I think, right? One of you guys did. He did. He did. And was talking about Spotify. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well... I mean, did you answer the question? Me? Not yet. Yeah. I only, the only other one I have is Apple Music, but it comes with my Verizon plan, so I don't actually pay for it. Which, now that I think about it, is true for my Disney+. Plus. Are we well, talking about but... services, too? Or just... Because there's a couple yeah, not, services not... that I... Yeah, just services. Like oh, like any source of streaming? Streaming video is just a service that you're paying monthly. Uh, Photoshop, uh, Adobe Creative Cloud. Yeah, Photoshop. Adobe Creative Cloud I pay for. Yeah. Um... Although, actually, I'm, I'm mooching off that one. So, did you know, for, I think, either 10 or 20 bucks a month... You get a PC copy and a Mac copy of the latest Photoshop that will auto-update itself. And if you have a father who likes doing photography and wants the PC one, you could just get the Mac one for free. So I have free photo – legal free Photoshop. Uh, right. I pay for Spotify. Yeah. I do – how much? I, I think like $2 or like $3 a month for a terabyte of, of uh, cloud data for OneDrive. Oh, yeah. I have iCloud. Uh Two two hundred gigs for three bucks a month. Yeah, I did that one too, just because my backups were getting way too big. Same. Yeah, so I have which, those clouds. Which actually, when you're done to your list, at least an interesting point. But I'll wait too. No, I, I think that's. It. I can't really think of anything else. Well, I was gonna say is you know what's interesting about that since we're talking about iCloud now. Um, Apple's doing that Apple One combined subscription which is actually three different things. So it's Apple Three, but you get like different configurations of the various services at a set price. That's cheaper, and I suspect, given how everyone's moving towards services, that it won't be long before bundles are back in a big way. I mean, I already said I'm sort of happy. I pay for Verizon, I get Apple Music, and I get Disney Plus for free. And apparently, I get Hulu too now, if I remember correctly. I just need to figure out how to set that up. But like the idea that you're gonna have one flat rate and it'll all be bundled together. I mean, Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus already do it. Like, I think, and Apple's now doing it. And Amazon obviously does it. Are those, like, permanent? Like, Like, as long as you're a Verizon subscriber? As long as you're a Verizon subscriber, yeah. The Disney one was originally a one-year trial, but uh, now it's extended indefinitely for everyone that has it. So, um, yeah, so, like, I think, kind of going back to the whole cable versus streaming thing, I think we're getting to the point where those bundle deals are going to come back, and it's essentially going to be the same as cable because at that point, those bundle deals, if it comes to Verizon, you're back on some sort of plan or contract. If you're doing it through, like, you know, the Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, ESPN Plus thing, it's not contractual. But I think we're, we're going to slowly be drifting back. Time is a flat circle. Everything's old, old is new again. Like, we're <laughs> it won't be long before just cables through the Internet, essentially. And you're just paying that way, but you're still on a contract. Or you get all these different things and, you know, especially with net neutrality and how they can uh, basically have, like, pick and choose which services get to have, like, sped up bandwidth and stuff. It's going to be very – I give it five years before we're basically in the same thing we were in 15 years ago. They'll never get me. That's like – yeah. I mean that's what you say right now. Yeah, you say that now until they're like, dude, you get all the streaming services. No, plus I, this I mean, thing you'll I mean, never Angel, watch. Angel is pretty stubborn, so I do believe that they'll never get it. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that, that's fair. If it ever gets to a point where it's like, where I'll literally think, like, oh, this, I can't deal with this anymore, then I'll just double down on video games and whatever else I do. Ah, but what happens when video games are all subscription services? You got to play for your Switch Online, you got to play for your PlayStation Plus, you got to play for your Xbox, which will soon be game. I mean, that's fine. I'd rather Xbox Live, you if, if, for your if, Luna. If, 
if, if I'm going to pick a sword to fall on, I'd rather fall on the video game subscription sword than the movie show than whatever sword. That's, That's a good fair. point. Oh, uh, Game Pass. I technically pay for Game Pass. Oh, well, not, yeah. Are you, not, doing, not are you really. still at a dollar, or have they raised it? Uh, no, so I... <laughs> it glitched, and it's a dollar for life. Oh, man, that, that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be the best. No, so what I'm doing is I am just adding more months whenever I see, like, uh, a code for sp- on special. Mm. So, like, there's constantly... Oh, right. oh you right. stack them. Yeah, I keep, yeah, I just keep stacking them. So, like, I bought, uh, a, like, a couple of days ago, three months for $30 as opposed to $45. So, I just bought that on a whim and just added it. So, now I have about a year and a half just stacked where I'm not paying monthly. So... Oh. That's yeah. very strategic of you. Yeah, I, I just wait until until deals on on those come up, and then I'll just buy them. I'll just be like, eh, yeah, why not? Just keep stacking, uh, stacking them. Which reminds me, I, I have to stack up on uh, my PS Plus. Oh, I get PS Plus. Man, I keep forgetting all these services. Oh yeah, Switch Online. Oh yeah, I Switch Online. Yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah, for that. Plus. yeah. Literally, those two. Even after, even though you said it like twice by then. Yeah. Oh man, subscription services are hell. It's the worst. I guess because those are once a but year. Like, but like, it, but like I said, but... oh, you pay what I pay monthly. I know it's. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's I'm, I'm not meant for PlayStation me, Plus but... or like for some of those. Because oh. you don't really have a choice. It's like they're both. They're all just free or. Like I said, I'd rather do the. I'd rather go the a la carte way and be able to cancel whenever I want as opposed to. Oh, I guess I pay for the gym too. I keep forgetting. Do you pay for the gym still? Yeah, I, I don't do that. In the quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> well, my gym set up a. Uh, a gym in the parking lot so they just they just mm-hmm. have like an entire block of of the parking lot uh squared off plus um like a bunch of tents and a bunch of generators outside to power some of the machines it uh it was a it was a thing and it was packed at 6 a.m once i couldn't believe my eyes see that that's a concern to me is even if it's outside i feel like if it's packed you're still running a risk of some sort but it's safer. I don't know if it's safe, but it's safer. Yeah, I mean, you're you're here to tell the tale, so clearly you're fine. Yeah, but well, plus I get I get Rona tested like once every two weeks, anyways, for work. So. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. So how many times have you had the back of your nose tickled with a swab? Oh uh, no, they they do the throat one. Oh, they they switch. Didn't the they, one where they they, the they get they uh they swab your abdulla obligata or whatever it's called. Ah. Is that is that what it's called? Gotcha. The, the little I don't boxing, know, but I know, I know what you're talking about. Bag yeah, in the back of your throat. I don't. The I can't what it's called. Is that what it's called? It's not the uh, Abdullah Ablingata. What am I thinking of? <laughs> Abdullah Ablingata. Say the amygdala. Medulla Ablingata. Oh, I'm just guess it's the whole thing. Oh, it's the brainstem. Never mind. Oh well, if they're tickling oh, your brain stem. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just cut a hole in the back of your skull and tickle your brain stem to see if you have coronavirus. Oh, uvula. Oh, uvula. There we go. Yeah, Not I get my uvula. The Pokemon swabs. region. That sounds very it sucks. Similar. It, it sucks. I don't know if they have to coat the swab in something, oh, but I always have this weird aftertaste. Mm. And it just it's. Ugh. The worst. The worst. Ah, uh, and it's terrible. 
Is it worse of an aftertaste than the Switch cartridge if you lick it? Yes. That is probably one of the worst aftertastes I've ever had. Hold on. Let me... Because I'm pretty sure I still had Breath of the Wild in my Switch around here. You're going to lick a cartridge right now? Yeah, why not? Uh, wow. All I right. can pop open this that'll tab. That'll wake you up. That, yeah, that'll wake you up. I can't... I don't have nails, so I can't open the tab. Can't open this is the riveting computer. podcast oh, no, this content is that you adventure. only get. I feel I, well, I, maybe this is more appropriate for RN, but hold on. Oh yeah, that's terrible. Oh yeah, it's bad, right? Yeah, we I've done it twice on air. Oh, that's way <laughs> worse than oh, the than the than the Rona swap. That's that's way worse than I remember it being. So let's turn this into let's turn this into a PSA. For Why everyone. would they? It's better to go get tested for coronavirus for COVID nineteen than it is to lick a switch cartridge. So That's if you disgusting. lick the Switch cartridge, you have no excuse not to get tested. Oh, it's a little baby spit it out, essentially. No, yeah, I, exactly. I, I know that part, but for Ring Fit Adventure, oh. what baby's going to be playing that? Well, it's more like oh, it's I, not I, that the any game in general. Like, you know, if oh, someone it's... irresponsibly leaves their games out where yeah. there's a toddler about. Oh, that cartridge is gnarly. Um, all right. <laughs> should, should we talk about the the regular stuff that we talk about in this podcast? Might as well. Sure. Um, I will point out, you're going to have that taste in your mouth for the next hour, so enjoy. It, it tastes like like uh, the envelope, the the, the, the sealant. I don't, I don't know what it's called. But like the way more intense. Huh. Yeah, but way more intense, yeah. There's a like, video I feel like I just somewhere. licked a wall. That was just <laughs> nothing but that. I'm trying to remember which episode, but uh, I lost a bet to Angel back before you were on the show, and there's a video of me licking multiple cartridges back to back. I think three. Does that sound right, Angel? Something like that. I'm gonna figure out which episode it's in, and I'll get back to you guys. But it is uh, that was a thing. All Jason's right. favorite time. Jason's favorite time. Yep. Yep. Disgusting. Best time I've ever had in life. Anyways, uh, timestamps are at the bottom for. Uh, <laughs> For our, if you want to get to our first segment, which we're about to start in a couple of seconds, uh, yeah. Among Us, Among Us, is that is that what we're starting with? I think uh, so. That's actually, something we've all played, right? Or do you want to start with something else, Angel? I think I want to start with Space Brothers. I just want to finally just get that one out of the way. Not that is one I want to not talk about, but I want to talk about the show for a long time. Yeah, we have to. Unfortunately, we kept keep... saying no, and now finally we're saying yes. Among Us is also <laughs> a space. I guess it's mostly a space game I feel it's associated with, and this is about space. So it's kind of relevant. But, yeah. Um, Real quick, sorry show. to interrupt. Real quick, sorry to interrupt. Episode 161 is when I lick multiple cartridges back to back to back. So if anyone wants to watch watch me do it, that's where you go. Please continue. I apologize. So when did I start watching this anime? This was right after watching the one about the... The Kappa Turtles. The one with the really weird anus grabbing thing for yeah. desires. Yeah, I think people already know which one. Yeah. So, I had heard the name of this anime called Space Brothers um, a few times, but I didn't really know much of it. I just knew it was an anime about space. Because, you know, as we've established by now with a different anime that I talked about, there's basically an anime about everything. Baking bread, cooking gardening like everything i think like they're just coming out with uh anus crabbers. anime about skateboarding like coming out pretty soon 
I mean, that already but, existed in America. It was Rocket Power in the 90s. It was great. That's that's about extreme sports in general. This one is specifically about skate, skateboarding. Okay. But, yeah, good point. <laughs> Get wrecked. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Wow. Okay. One and done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some episodes where they don't even skateboard at all. They're just like mountain boarding? Snowboarding. There you go. Mountain boarding. Oh, yes. That's a sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the snowboarding without the snow. It's way more dangerous. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so... This anime in particular is mainly about trying to land a job at NASA. And funnily enough, like before this anime, or before I watched this anime, which is 99 episodes, by the way, I didn't really have much interest in space. Yeah, I mean, I always thought like space exploration sounded cool, but overall, I never really bothered to, I never really got excited about watching rocket launches or like astronomy or any of that kind of stuff. Like I thought it was cool, but I didn't really pay any more attention to it than I needed to just to get by school-wise. But I think um, after watching the show, it's like I kind of, I had like this feeling of like, wow, like I think I get it. I think I get why space is such a big deal to some people. And I think the fact that an anime or a show like got me to change my point of view on space. Like now, um, pretty much right after the show ended, I had remembered that I watched with a couple of our friends the recent shot the recent launch from spacex but i didn't recall whether they had already landed back i just remember that they were coming back soon turns out i had missed it but at that point i actually did want to watch them return back to earth and re-enter the atmosphere but i think what really makes me just really love this anime a lot is just that it's a nice change of pace from other what do we call them slice of life i feel like and anyone that watches anime will know this but almost every anime takes place during high school or it follows like some kind of high school age kid sometimes younger it's either yeah like high school age or younger and i feel like the median the lesser median is like i don't know, like young adults but it was really nice just seeing an anime that was about literally like a 30 year old turn like 30 to 31 year old because by the end of the show he's like age i think two or three years so i guess 33 but i had never seen an anime where someone was like literally basically my age and kind of going through like the same mental states that i was so that was very different because you know even though everyone you know has had a childhood but everyone's high school experience is very different and i would say most of the time it's almost nothing like it is in an anime even if we're talking about the animes that are way more grounded i guess because most of them are very romance heavy or very very action heavy it's like very little middle ground but because of that and the relationships that this character has with his brother, which, you know, I also have a brother, so specifically towards me, it was very relatable in that sense, because it was also about competition. So the main character, Muta, that's his name, he and his brother saw, or they think they saw, like, an alien spaceship when they were kids, like, when they were around, like, their 10s, 10s, 11s, and they made a vow, like, oh, we're both going to become astronauts when we grow up, because they were, you know, they they already had an interest in it, but when they saw the spaceship, what they think land on the moon. They think that they thought they saw an alien spaceship land on the moon, so their goal was to try to go there. And we jump like 20 years later, and the younger brother actually did become an astronaut and is set to go on the moon soon. And the older brother is stuck in a job he doesn't really like, and he actually ends up getting fired pretty early on in the show. So he's just kind of rethinking his life choices and how he got to that point. Not that he had a bad job. He was a, he was an automobile engineer, but he always just kind of took it as like his like backup safe job because at some point he just kind of 
lost the motivation to go to the moon or to become an astronaut. He just thought it was too unlikely, too unlikely, and he'd rather take the safer route. And when he loses his job, his brother essentially through a couple courses of events, he convinces them to you know go for it again. And we see the trials and tribulations of trying to become an astronaut and how the NASA life isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Like a lot of the show apparently was like very thoroughly researched and needed to be approved by NASA on what, you know, what was okay for them to exaggerate on or be accurate. Well, for the most part, it sounds like from whatever that they were pretty much fact-checking them that everything they said was at least true. And man, I didn't know that they were so, that they were so like consultant heavy on this. um, It was, I mean, I, I don't think it was sponsored, but I mean, they did use NASA's name. So it makes sense. Like NASA's name is all over the show. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, you start with, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants that, you know, dwindle down to, like, 30. And then you have a bunch of other tasks that, you know, just keep willing down the numbers and each are more stressful than the last, putting you in very different situations from, you know, having to live with four other strangers in an isolated environment for two weeks and while you're doing various other tasks. And there are, like, it's almost kind of like a game where one person is assigned, like, a secret task where they have to say like destroy the food supply for like the end of the week and but not like make it obvious that it was them so then they also have to decide how they're gonna figure out who did it or whether you know some people try to find the culprit or the people decide that it's not important to get riled up over it because you know it's supposed to be a simulation and that wouldn't really help them out in i don't know i guess if that were to happen in space but Regardless, even after you become an astronaut, you learn that it's also not, like, the dream job everyone thinks it is. Like, there are some people that have been astronauts for, like, 10 or more years and had never even been to space. Because, yeah, it just all comes down to who the director wants to pick, and you just may never get picked. Or you may get put off into a separate job and just get stuck there. Or even after you go to space, there's, like, other a bunch of other, like, stressful situations that you might encounter. And when you return, you know, PTSD is a thing, and... They might not give you another chance to fly again, even if you recuperate from it. Like, it just touches on so many different issues and just a lot of, like, I mean, especially for me, like, who was in education for, I think, like, almost 10 years, almost 10 years. It was, like, eight or nine. And at some point, like, I just decided I needed to, like, quit that job and pursue something in the gaming industry. Just because, I don't know, I, I started to feel like, like I'm spent, I'm dedicating way too much time there that I'm at this point I'm wasting it if I'm not actively pursuing a job in education and a lot of that just kind of hit home with me. But I don't know, just really really good anime. If you just need like a pick me up, something relatable but inspirational. And man, that first intro is really catchy. And sure enough, like I didn't really know who made this when I first watched it, but at some point down the road I decided to pay attention to who was actually making it, and I realized it was A1 Studio. Which by now I have done a bunch of stuff from them. Like I've talked about, I've mentioned Anohana, Silver Spoon, Your Lion April. They did Space Brothers, they did Erase, they did the Ace Attorney cartoon, which at least the stuff from the 3DS game, because they did the second 3DS game. I think Bones did the first one. They did um, Spirit of Justice. So that stuff has been good. I have to give the Ace Attorney anime another shot because it kind of disappointed me initially, but. I don't know. I think this might be my favorite studio unintentionally just because almost every one of their shows I really, really love. In the end, you know, it's a show about the ups and downs of life, pursuing your dreams, and most importantly, just like comparing yourself to others. 
because you know as a 31 year old like he kind of felt like he was starting a little too too late there were a bunch of younger candidates but it's kind of a trap that everyone falls into especially if you're pursuing a creative field where like me for instance like i'm still learning a lot of or just improving a lot of basic animation stuff but then when i look at like oh here's this like this 21 year old that is like a freaking master like that's obviously gonna depress a lot of people and just kind of maybe might even make you give up because you know it's like why even bother if there's like people that either got a way better head start or they're just way ahead of you by now but your step one like you're comparing you're comparing your like step one to like their step like 300 like everyone's situation is different and you can't really get hung up on that and the show does a really good job of covering something like that or covering the topic but yeah definitely one of the most relatable shows i've ever seen pretty funny too i mean it's more of a comedy than anything but very grounded and i don't know i, I would definitely recommend it if you're into that kind of stuff it's also i mean like i said it's really long so take your time with it only thing that does kind of suck is that it doesn't really have an ending like it it ends but it doesn't wrap up a lot of the the bows but the anime does i mean it is adapted from a manga that did have a solid resolution that wrapped up everything so I'm probably gonna have to hunt those down. I'm just annoyed that they went 99 episodes, and at some point they arbitrarily said, and at one point they just <laughs> decided, you know, we're just gonna stop it right here, not just like finish it, because apparently it wasn't even that many more chapters later. But I mean, apparently it was really highly rated in Japan when it came out. It was like apparently it won a lot of rewards and whatnot. But yeah, that's Space Brothers. I honestly didn't think when you uh, started this, I didn't think you would be talking about its relatability because it's like about astronaut stuff. But isn't that great when it's something you're watching and it relates not in its topic or its subject, but its themes? Like, yeah, because the no, no, this could have easily the, gone the lessons. Like, it's all very applicable and very relatable. Yeah, because like easily this could have gone into just like you know they're trained to be astronauts. Oh, they didn't succeed at that test let's try this to, and be like super like su surface level but it sounds like it really has like a deeper simpler uh like tale to tell which is kind of cool yeah that'd be at so least great. how you're describing I just it that there's like so many this is so much variety and all these things you can find in it i don't know I, I feel like i haven't really seen that many shows or that many western shows that specialize on a topic the way some animes do when they specialize on a certain topic yeah because um, i feel like animes tend to be way more I'm, and I'm using the term kind of loosely, like educational. Like these shows, like they throw a lot of like facts at you. Like I know for a fact, like a Western show would not, for an example, when like one of the characters that would go to NASA and they're getting a tour, like they spend like a lot of time sometimes just going over exactly how something works mm, or like mm -hmm. the history of certain little things, like a lot, a lot of details. Like even my, that one anime I talk a lot about, um, Yakitaki Japan, the one about baking bread. Like, they go into way more detail than you would expect them to. And sometimes it's... I'm sure they do it also for comedic effect. But, like, just how much they spend talking about how fermentation works in bread and the types of yeast and how they cross-pollinate to, like, make the perfect one. Like, yeah. Well, to to your own point... It definitely like, separates it. To your own point, when we were talking before about the skateboarding anime, and I was like, Rocket Power, that's equivalent. You're like, no, that's all extreme sports. And the anime ones, like, oh, specifically, here's everything you need to know about skateboarding. Here's how, like, the axle works. And here's the – like, presumably is how that would unfold by comparison based on what you're saying. Like, American cartoons are just like, all right, the theme is this. Let's go. And that's it. Yeah, they're more, like, surface level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe, more, maybe way more focused on the the action of it. But, like, anime, I guess, like, I think their goal is, like, to 
get you to at least if not become fans of it just to just get a deeper understanding of the subject matter so you could appreciate it more like mm. if they i mean they go into so many details of you know like what it takes to like just get ready to suit up to get into your space suit what it takes to get out of it like the different types of oxygen training and all that stuff that by the time like they really build up to like that first moment where they actually go to space that you actually do feel the weight of it which just makes me appreciate like the people that went up in the space in space recently through space like it's like damn like that's to experience all those g's all that pressure all that i mean the fact that you may die like i mean because mm-hmm. that they do even touch on that like there's a significant event that happened in the past that affects a lot of characters in the present where the death of one of the astronauts when they were returning to earth whether it was the engineer that his design was rejected because it was taking too long and they went with another one that caused the parachutes not to open and you know like obviously a lot of people blame themselves for the death of these but it's like no one's fault at the end of the day but mm-hmm. i yeah, i do so. wonder how much of this the amount of detail that anime goes into is driven by how differently we've joked about it at the top of the show but now that i think about how differently like the seasons of animes work versus the season like the western american concept of a tv season versus like the japanese concept where a show just goes and goes like nine you know 99 episodes is par for the course dragon ball z will take one fight and stretch it out into like a whole <laughs> season not, but i mean like, like i mean animes are like the masters of like budgeting because like yeah yeah, it's 99 episodes, but intros and outros are like a minute long each. Right. And this anime has like a one minute long recap at the beginning of every single episode. So you're literally getting like 26 maybe minutes or less. But I mean like, yeah, show. but compare that to like a and even show ignoring here in like the States. Flashbacks of, you know, anime left to flashback. But. but compare that to like a typical show you'd see on TV here in the States. And it's like, you know, the season's 14. It used to be like 21. Now it's like, or 24. Now it's like 14, 15 episodes long. They're 45 minutes each, and that's it. But anime, they can, they, I guess just because of how they do the shows over there, like they can get more in depth because they have theoretically years to work with. Like shows are always like, we have to pack it into 14 episodes and have it be. So it's like very boom, boom, boom here. But like over there, I feel like it's just keep going and going and going and going. (laughs) And that allows them to actually explain things more. Cause you know, if you think about how shows here do like sci fi or space stuff like it's very like they'll just throw around terms and just be like if you don't understand it it sounds like the characters know what they're talking about so you'll follow along anyway but it sounds like what you're saying is the anime like makes a point of being like well we have the time so let's actually explain to you what this means and yeah why it's there are there are a lot of episodes that some people could be like and not just this anime but that's kind of all animes or at least like the longer running ones where yeah it'll like progress wise like nothing happened like sometimes it's as much as like a character standing up but in between all of that they're just like really diving into like their psyche and like, oh, how did they get to that point? Like with flashbacking like crazy. And by the end of it, they're like, all right, I'm ready. Or like even recently, like I know my brother's watching an anime called Hunter Hunter. And he will occasionally watch it on the TV. Usually he'll watch it on his computer. But whenever a big fight scene is coming up, he'll want to watch it on the TV or through the Apple TV. And I remember I saw him, like, setting it up, and then he started watching it, and I'm like, oh, what's up? And he's like, oh, this feels like it's, like, going to be, like, the big fight, like, the, where all the, the budget's going into. And I leave, I come back, and I still see no fighting, and then the next day, <laughs> I, he's still watching it, and it's like, yeah, he said that, like, apparently, like, they somehow squeezed out, like, another three episodes of talking and exposition before they actually even started fighting. 
even though it it's seemed like, like Ball Z. they were literally about yeah, to it's like Dragon Ball Z, like I was saying. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, uh, it's there's it's something. It must be just a cultural thing because there's definitely like even if you think about like some of the popular genres of games in Japan, like JRPGs are long compared to like a lot of like the more Western centric genres. Like it's definitely there's definitely like they're more patient people, I guess, <laughs> yeah. uh, which allows them to go more in depth, which is you know has its pros and cons for sure. It sounds like in the case of space, uh, space pros though, it's all pros. Definitely. Definitely caught me by surprise, and definitely makes me love watching enemies like this. But for now, I'm just gonna be rewatching Attack on Titan until season four premieres on December seventh, I believe. Shonen anime, yeah, baby. <laughs> that reminds me, I gotta get back into the God of High School. How's uh, that going? You enjoyed it? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I, I saw thumbs the first three episodes, and then I <laughs> started to rewatch Bleach. That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I I started rewatching Bleach because next year I think is the twentieth anniversary of Bleach, which is like insane to me. Because Jesus Christ, it's been twenty years since Bleach came out. We're old now, but uh, they're they're adapting the final Bleach arc from the manga that never got adapted into an anime. So I was like, uh, oh, I'll just rewatch Bleach. Yeah. So that comes out next year. I'll probably if we're still doing this podcast if we're still stuck <laughs> in this hellscape of of quarantine probably be talking about that. It's crazy when I think of like old shonen anime for some reason like only Dragon Ball Z comes to mind like that feels like oh, oh. like that's like the older one and in my head for whatever reason it's like oh One Piece Bleach Naruto are like newer or like new and they are definitely not as old as Dragon Ball but by now like they've been out for so long they're practically like old classics. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, at least Naruto ended. One Piece is still going, but I mean, I mean, technically Naruto is still going with Boruto. Uh, yeah, but I feel like with with the as drastic of a name change. I mean, it's clearly like a spinoff. Drastic. I mean, I, they changed like two letters. Oh, I, I, yeah, I was using that term very loosely. I can't believe they couldn't come up with a more unique name than Boruto. But yeah, I mean, even the character looks almost identical to Naruto. Yeah. Um, fun fact, though, apparently when because obviously it came out of the manga first. When they gave the the model sheet of Boruto to the animators and colorists, um, they didn't know that Boruto was supposed to have pale white eyes, like the Neji clan, the Hugas. But yeah. they just assumed he wasn't supposed to have them, so they just gave him the blue eyes, and they ended up just, just sticking with it. So I'm like, oh, he could have looked way more distinct. Well, I'm sure that's going to play... That plays into... Doesn't he have the... Uh... Oh, he does. The, but the I guess Byakugan? he was just supposed to always. Yeah, I, but no, I guess wait, he was just supposed to have the white eyes. No, Byakugan is. What, yeah, you're right. Wait, which Byakugan. one's Byakugan? The one, the one that he has, Boruto. The, which is the, the one that that Sasuke has? Sharingan. Oh, Sharingan. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he has a Byakugan. Hmm. I, wow. I was watching. I, I was like reading reading up on Boruto because I I am interested in to like. Apparently it's really going. dark. Or at least darker compared yeah. to Naruto. I'm curious, yeah, but uh, it's just it's too much. You know, time is valuable and we're not on this earth very long. Naruto doesn't <laughs> really get that dark. It gets more epic. But uh-huh. yeah, I've heard that Bar- that Boruto does get dark. Yeah, I, I think my biggest problem with Naruto, like, I mean, I, uh, I, I guess I would still say that I really like Naruto overall. Um, mm-hmm. if, I mean, even though I didn't, finished the anime i 
saw most of it and just caught up with what happened or how it ended. Maybe one day I'll finish it, but I think like what I definitely didn't like it as much by the end of it than I did in the beginning. Just because at one point it felt like it just turned into Dragon Ball Z. Like Mm -hmm. everything just felt like everything was his power level and it just started getting way too like every fight just boiled down to oh this guy's about to lose bam second phase mode then he's winning oh now the other guy's into his second phase mode and you know they just keep one-upping each other until one person loses and i felt like before they would win their fights by outsmarting or doing some other kind of you know not really having to level up just finding some other way to kill them creatively outside of just reaching a higher power level. But, you know, that's kind of a lot of anime in general. Alright, well, I guess we should move on from anime talk and anime about space into Among Us, since technically that is a space game. As Ooh, you smooth. mentioned earlier. Smooth. Not as smooth as your transitions, but... It might take years of practice. I've been doing this thing for nine Ooh. years. <laughs> Yeah, Jason's very sus. Alright, so we've all played Among Us around here. Yes, we have. I don't think I can explain the game as well as either of you can. Angel, do you want to take a crack at it or do you want me to try? I guess I could try. So, Among Us is a game that came out about two years ago. It falls under the category of, like, traitor games. So, traitor as in, like, someone that backstabs, not to trade for goods. So... Games like Secret Hitler, Avalon, um, Werewolf at Midnight, everyone is essentially clueless to what everyone else has as their role. But as far as everyone is concerned, you're trying to play yourself off as a crew member. So you're trying to pass yourself off as someone that's doing tasks around the spaceship, trying to repair it. And once everyone completes their repairs, then the game is over and the crew wins. But in the midst of that, there are some imposters and they have fake tasks, so they're just pretending to be doing work around the spaceship, but in reality, they're going around killing people in real time. They approach a character. If they feel it's the right moment, they can press a button to kill them. And then they have to immediately just try to integrate back into the main group so that no one the weather suspects them because throughout the during the time that you're supposed to be doing these, I guess, chores... Everyone's supposed to be quiet, and it's only when someone reports a body or calls an emergency meeting that everyone gets to start discussing. And then that's when people go, oh, we're with the body. Wait a minute. Um, I didn't see this person. They were with me the whole time. You know, accusations fly around. Sometimes you might even get caught straight up, and someone will call an emergency meeting and be like, I straight up saw this person kill this person. But then, kind of rarely, depends on how good the people are at lying. Sometimes they could even turn it around and be like, actually, no, it was him. And then they, maybe because of the way they said it, people might turn on the person that brought it up and side with the bad person, even if they don't know. But that's generally the type of game it is. And I don't know, it's really fun. Just a nice spin on that, on the secret Hitler formula. What I find so interesting is, one, it is basically a spin on the tabletop ones that have existed for so long. Um, like this isn't, you know, like there's even word games like this, like mafia, like, you know, but I, I remember back when I was a kid, like at summer camp, we played mafia or something. It's just, you know, you just kind yeah. of talk things through and it, then it became tabletop games. And like, for those who haven't played secret Hitler or Avalon, similar premise, um, secret Hitler, you have a party liberals, party of fascists, uh, Avalon, you have basically good and bad magic and you have to identify who is either in secret Hitler passing, uh, Very policies. Timely. 
Yes, very timely. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're passing uh, who's passing policies that are detrimental to the country or not and in avalon is who's basically going on quests and casting spells and whatnot that are detrimental to the land or not uh but yeah so those kind of had a moment right for a few years and they're still around i mean our group has probably played them for what like two or three years now and they obviously existed before we got a hold of them and now it just seems like the next evolution of this genre that started literally as a thing you just imagine and talk through into a thing that had like a tabletop element into now a digital form and Which I would really love to see this in a, from like a first person perspective or third person or something like that. Yeah, that'd like be really be cool. But yeah, I, this, like in three D. Yeah, that'd be well, cool. like, like if they did like Dead game, Space, but like in yeah, but in first person or third person because I feel like that would like just change it way more because you know in Among Us you have like a a top down view of the map as you're running around. Everyone is pretty small, but I mean if it's in first person. Sneaking around becomes way more integral, which could be very interesting. There, there is a game that is kind of like that, that's free to play on Steam called Deceit. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which nicely leads me to the second thing I wanted to say about Among Us, which is it's so crazy. Andrew said at the start, it's been out for like two years and it only just blew up now to the point that like the developers basically were like, oh, well, that one didn't take off as much as we could. Let's try and make a sequel. And see if we can add some stuff to get more popular. And then it blew up, and now they're canceling the sequel and taking the stuff from the sequel and kind of updating it in the original game instead because they had this huge groundswell. And what's crazy to me is, you know, there are other games like this, like you mentioned Deceit, but it was like streamer culture that blew this thing up out of nowhere. Like a game can now live or die based on if the right person happens to play it or find it on their Twitch or on their YouTube or on their facebook gaming or whatever and um mixer rip and um you know if they just happen to be the right person they can literally make or break a game which is insane if you think about it from how like gaming culture used to be and there are like tastemakers in like electronic game monthly and game pro and like g4 as a channel and all that and now it's just like you know these random dudes who just stream can literally turn a developer into a millionaire it's yeah, uh, really crazy if you think about it. The streamer that popularized it, I think, was Soda Poppin. Uh, I'm I'm very ingrained into the uh, into the Twitch, mm-hmm. I guess, culture, into the Twitch scene. Um, yeah, so Soda Poppin popularized it. And then I'm pretty sure after that it was like XQC, which XQC is probably the biggest streamer on Twitch right now. Really? But yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't Ninja uh, back on Twitch, or is he has he lost he, some momentum? He is, but he's definitely lost momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, so has Shroud. Shroud's back on there, but he's also lost momentum to to like XQC. Oh, yeah, XQC is definitely the the biggest. Shroud was uh, at, the, at the moment. Shroud was poached by Mixer as well, wasn't he originally? Yeah, he he was yeah. poached by Mixer. Um, then, like you said, rest in peace, Mixer. So he came over, but um that whole like... yeah it's it's crazy to see also like <laughs> there's so much drama that that comes with with among us especially xqc um oh, really? I, don't, I don't know if you know who xqc drama. is what sort of drama um, yeah what kind of drama oh man i can i can get into this let's get in the hot goss for what's a the, what's the drama here what can people call who... drama with among us do you know who xqc is i know um, the name in Jason? passing but i don't know much about the person so he's a he's a French Canadian uh, Twitch streamer. Uh, he was a tank, a main tank 
for the Overwatch League for the Dallas team, the Dallas Fuel. Mm-hmm. And he's just a very outspoken, controversial figure. Mm. Like he's he's very anti politically correct. I mean, he he it's not like it's not like he's he's a full blown, I guess like right winger, but but he does have some chud like takes, and he also has some really really good takes. But he is, so, and you know these on Twitch you have like at least eight streamers in these lobbies, right? Usually a minimum. And just like XUC, if he gets, if he's the imposter and he gets caught, he will call the person who caught him, like just trash. And I mm-hmm. don't know if he means it or not, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he'll be like, no, you're a trash player. You're a trash streamer. And well, that's, that's so just, the way she just he goes is. after them personally because they saw through his deceit in the name of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and it's very impossible to tell if he actually means it or not. Right. But yeah, uh, like last week on this popular subreddit live stream fails was nothing but XUC being toxic. And, Mm. and then like XUC will do something incredibly toxic. Like X, well, he says it was an accident, but it was clearly done on purpose. When he gets killed, he'll be like, Oh, it was green. And he'll put it in like the all chat so that everybody can hear that. But nobody so calls him sa- out on so it. So he's sabotaging be- the game. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and of course, uh, there, there's two sides of it where, like, oh, he obviously that was an accident. Other people are like, no, that was clearly done on purpose. I don't know. There's 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 a lot of drama surrounding Among Us. It it was at its peak, definitely last week. It, it seems to have died down though. I'm sure for the developer, like this sort of PR is perfect. <laughs> like oh, yeah, people yeah. are fighting over their Absolutely. game but it does suck because like the thing about all these games and like when we played it we played it um a week ago a group of us was it a week ago two weeks ago angel your birthday Too shindig many. who knows but when we played it like it was interesting because we had like your family and like your quarantine bubble were there in person and then all of us the rest of us were there on like a zoom and what's interesting is like these games are so based on people being like community you know communicating and actually being like buying into the premise essentially that uh, like even in the zoom like because you guys had like your in-person conversations and then we had the zoom conversations and there's even a little disconnect there that made it hard to play so i can't imagine someone that's just like i'm not going to adhere to the very simple rules of don't reveal who it is play along like that just undermines the entire game that sucks yeah yeah um good for the developer though i I think it's consisted of like only a couple of guys yeah oh it's great for developer yeah and And among um, us like it it just like knocked Fall Guys off of its pedestal. Pun intended. Sure. Pun intended. What happened? Pun oh. intended. There. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Or not pun, but reference. I guess. I really yeah, want Fall uh, Guys to come to Switch. I want both of these to come to Switch. I feel like obviously you can play them on other things. Among Us is on every platform. Like it's on mobile for free. It's on you know Steam. It's it's everywhere. But I feel like a system like Switch that's so multiplayer oriented. Both those games would do really well on there, it and Fall Guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, they, I, I remember them saying that they wanted to port it to PS4 and Xbox, and that still hasn't even come out. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Time will we'll tell. see if that ever comes to Switch. But yeah, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 a cool game just because it is. It it's funny because it is very much 
cut from the same cloth as something like Animal Crossing in terms of like the perfect quarantine game where it's about you and your friends taking what would be a normal experience like hanging out or in this case a game like Mafia or Secret Hitler and just digit you know just making it work when you can't be yeah. physically there like when it's virtual. The downside or not the downside but the kind of funny part is Animal Crossing was all happy like touchy feely like oh we're all in this together let's just hang out and this one's like i hate you now i'm gonna stab you in the back <laughs> so it is kind of funny how quarantine's jaded all of us i guess but um yeah. but yeah conceptually yeah. like both those games are on the same on the same spectrum of ways to create what used to be physical virtually which is also kind of cool yeah. yeah quick little among us topic right there yeah. um and i think this is going to be our last topic I don't know. Should I just read it out how it is like on the on the notes? I'm, a, I'm signed because um, I already know what you're. What, if you read out what it says, and I don't like it, <laughs> just just read it as uh, is. Read it as is. Conan is the worst talk show host. Prove me wrong. That was written yeah, by so one I don't Angel. Know if I would say that. That was Angel. Conan's my I, fave. Yeah, yeah. That I was thought Angel. it was a little weird. It was Angel. Now I don't know how. Are we you go prepared about to say that wrong. that that he is the best one? I believe so. I'm a huge Conan O'Brien No, fan. Um, this was just a general like title for the topic. I personally don't believe this, but I'm sure some people do. Um, what, an, what a cop-out. Make an inflammatory statement and go, oh, it's not me talking. It's just on behalf of anonymous people. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just something I'm sure someone said at some point. I've never really been huge on talk shows, talk shows. in general. Or talk shows in general. Like They always felt like Way too late to get news from, not like their time that they aired. Just more like, by the time they talk about it, like I feel like the news has already have come and gone. That it's kind of like, oh, you're ready to get into it now. Maybe that's just more of a, of internet culture just making at least that aspect of talk shows host obsolete. But at the end of the day, I guess you're going to them more just to hear their personal takes on it. At least that's what I imagine. Since I don't really watch so many, the only one that. For whatever reason, caught my attention was Conan's show. Um, okay, hold on. Maybe because Pause. for whatever reason, I dragged you to like five tapings over the years. <laughs> it's not like it just magically materialized. I sort of forced you into it, so you're welcome. It was just, it, it was super random. <laughs> like I think I just noticed that his theme, I guess, for his show is re- is orange, and I like orange. So, so it wasn't. I think it that's it where wasn't it came from five. Wait, I take it back. It wasn't six tapings. It wasn't clueless gamer segments, which literally cater to you as a demographic. It wasn't no. any of that. It was just you saw orange on his logo. Orange, like, or, oh. orange got. It, it was like come <laughs> for the orange and then stay for everything else. Because I guess over time I learned that I just like I guess with like just by chance since I just happened to be at his at a few of his tapings. I'm not really sure how it just happened to be there. Yeah, at a few of his weird, tapings, right? whether it was at the studio or in Comic-Con. I guess I just started getting exposed a lot more to him and like seeing his travel shows, seeing his regular shows, seeing Against his remote segments. Against your own segments. will. I mean, to be fair, yeah, I did not put a gun to I, Angel's head. Here. I mean, maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome. Maybe it's uh, something else. <laughs> Stockholm but, Syndrome. But after all this time, I think I've just come to appreciate, I guess, like his brand of humor. Because even though, as I've said many times already at this point, I don't really watch any like talk show and a lot of talk shows. If anything, um, I at most I watch maybe a few clips if I'm curious about something that they're talking about on the internet. But of all the talk shows, I feel like at least from what I've noticed, Conan's deliveries feel like the most genuine half the time. He feels kind of like a weird in between, like a well-behaved, good, like responsible talk show host, and it's almost like he bridges the gap between like those that like kind of cause chaos and 
something like Eric Andre, where he's like on the other end of the spectrum, where he's just literally doing what he wants. Like Conan feels like Andre still wanted to do his own thing, but followed every single regulation uh, for it to be <laughs> well, to, to it's, be like it's, censored again. So it's like so so it's I, I, I get through the lens of, of chaos. TV. From, so I get the sense of chaos from Conan, but yeah, I, I think you get what I mean. That mm-hmm. he he well, he's the most you, he feels the loosest of all the other talk show hosts i guess you, you know what it is you know why they're sort of kindred spirits even though conan's way toned down is um because again he started on network tv is because both of them kind of approached late night shows as they're not doing a traditional late night show they're parodying and undermining the traditions of late night shows in different ways but at the end of the day both of them are doing a thing where it's not so much you know, oh, here's a late night show. I'm going to be the host. I'm going to be like a Fallon type where I just like interview a guest or whatever. But both of them on some level are trying to subvert the idea of what society decides is this weird hour long thing you do or half hour in Andre's case that you do where you just interview a guest and you make a few jokes up top. Like half of Conan's monologues, he is aware of dumb jokes and he will comment on how dumb the jokes are as he's telling them. But it's just kind of like so like you know when they go out into the street like because eric andre and him both do the stuff where they go interact with real people and obviously eric andre tries to get as weird and crazy and it's absurd as he can and conan goes out there and basically like if you look at something like uh when leno was still on he did that jaywalking bit where he'd be like like sidewalking reviews and it's kind of like oh let's show how dumb people are conan flips that and goes no 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 we're not laughing at other people let's just laugh at me be me the host being the in his own words the jackass that it's just causing problems so like he says stupid things it makes the ho- the people feel weird because he's the one being dumb so it's kind of like the you know they're just flipping the format on its head in different ways essentially which is probably why you see that parallel that's mm-hmm. my dissertation i'm done now <laughs> yeah and also just like i haven't really noticed other i guess shows like bringing their i guess they're well, not really cast but i guess like there's some other workers and yeah there are other like workers like into the mix like the fact that, like, I know the name off the top of my head, like, Sona and Jordan Schlansky. Or, That's his assistant, or Aaron his Blay. producer, his digital content guy. I'm just defining them. Is, <laughs> is Blair still on? He is. is he's he been with Conan since, with for, like, 17 years. He's been with him since the late night show. And, yeah, he's still there. Um, Clueless Gamer, which was, you know, how he really became kind of more of a household name among some folks. That, I feel like, took a weird turn because they started integrating celebrities. Because I think yeah. the game companies wanted more oomph when they gave him the games. And Conan and his crew probably saw an opportunity to get more views by including, you know, random celebrity. Like, does Will Arnett need to play arms with Conan? No. Is there a connection between Will Arnett and arms? No. But somehow he was still there. Bill Hader was on the God of War episode. Yeah. Like, there are some weird mm-hmm. ones. And it was definitely because they saw an opportunity to, like, turn this into its own thing. To the point that Clueless Gamer was, at one point, going to be a spinoff show that Blay was going to host. And it was going to be on TBS. I, I think it ended up kind of dying out in development. Yeah, but, I was um, thinking it's another thing. Yeah. I mean, it may still happen. Who knows? But, yeah, I think... So Blaze's still there, but he's not really in the spotlight as much because Clues Gamer took that weird turn. And everyone's like, why are there so many celebrities? And it kind of petered out. But he's definitely still there. He's been there forever. He runs basically their digital content stuff. Like the website. And yeah, and, and, and if it is an obvious, like, you could tell, like, Jason, like, lusts for Conan, like, really Lust. bad. So yeah. bad. No. Sexually. <laughs> Just in every way. 
Yeah, like, no, I just didn't um, remember, like, like after, like, watching a Conan taping, I'm like, all right, let's get going. And they're like, I can't stand up right now. I need to wait. Okay, definitely that did not happen. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to soak it in as much as I can. No, but I, I am. Yeah, Security is like, sir, can you? <laughs> He's like, hold on, just like a minute. Just let me. He closes his eyes, <laughs> takes I, I, in a I'm deep not done breath. Yet. I I'm close my eyes and just I'm almost slowly. That's <laughs> best. I just mumble to myself. And there we go. <laughs> no, but I, um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I am somewhat Yeah, obsessed. why are you... I don't like, exactly know. So I, I mean, I kind of watch... described why I guess I ended up favoring him, but... So I think for me, it yeah. kind of goes back to the subverting the genre bit thing. Like, So he always was kind of like weird left brain kind of absurdist stuff or like kind of like parody stuff. I really like parody and I like meta stuff, as you guys know. I mean, like shows like Community I really like, which are very meta. Uh, SNL, which is a lot of parody. Lonely Island, I love their stuff because it's a lot of parodying like music trends and whatnot and conan is basically the late night version of that so i used to watch various late night shows with my parents like leno and whatnot um never really letterman actually just, i guess just leno but conan was always kind of like like if i was still awake i'd watch conan when he did late night but then when the tonight show started i was like okay you know what this is the moment that like conan's gonna make it big i'm gonna watch every single tonight show and then all the brouhaha happened with you know him and leno and the drama back in 2010 or whatever and then oh, no. as, like, the whole Team Coco idea built as people were defending him and whatnot, I think I just, like, tripled down. Because, like, I liked him, but I wasn't up late enough to really watch him. Then I decided I'm going to start watching him. Then right within that year, I starting to, like, really dedicate myself to watching him versus just catching it when I'm awake or catching clips. Then, like, the society, like, got behind him. And I'm like, oh, this is, like – and I think that somehow, like, internalized it for me as, like, I really want to support Conan because, like, I liked him. He's getting screwed. It's now this like moment. So I bought tickets to see his uh, tour, the Conan O'Brien, uh, what was it called? Legally prohibited from being funny on television tour. Like he, the thing he did right after he lost the Tonight Show. And when I saw him live, it was just such a really good show. It was like two hours long. It's special guests. He did music. He did comedy. He did bits. They pre-recorded stuff. Was at that moment, and it was as about to say. Oh well, fell in love, fell in yeah. love, and never looked back. No, but it was like seeing that and being like, "Man, he's really multi-talented." Like I knew him as a talk show host. I knew him as a guy I watched the late night clips of sometimes. But seeing him on tour, I was just like, "Whoa, he's like he's really good at a lot of things." And that, that just kind of solidified it. And then I just started following him even closer and becoming more and more, you know, of a fan. And I, for a while there, would watch. Once he started the TBS show, I watched every single one. If I missed one, I would DVR it. And I did that for a few years. But the thing is, you know, like any show that's a daily format, uh, there's only so much stuff. So the bits started to get a little repetitive, which is true of any late night show. And I started to main, like, kind of switch over to watching YouTube clips, but I'd still do like the highlight stuff. Like I'd still go to see him at Comic-Con. I'd still watch the travel shows because I think the thing besides him being kind of left brain and weird and sort of subverting um, expectations of what a late night show should be is his remote segments as he calls them when he actually is out in the field with just a camera crew just doing whatever where he's as, as I said before is acting like a jackass in his own words like the those are, are, are the best part yeah those are great code, and he, he's what I learned over basically from watching him on um, late night to watching him on the Tonight Show to watching him on the tour, especially when the Tonight Show started devolving into chaos because he basically was like, "I'm losing the show. I'm just gonna do what I want." The less he's scripted, the better. He is really good at improv. He's really good at thinking on his feet. He's funniest when he's not trying to stay to a script. And that's what I then I, I think that's what seeing him live, like the tour. It was obviously you know they had a set list they had planned stuff but he was definitely riffing and going off script and stuff and that 
plus the last few weeks of Tonight Show really solidified to me, yeah, this guy's really, really good. Like, I really like that sort of thing he does. And, yeah, so now I make sure to catch every travel show. I haven't missed any of those. Been to multiple tapings for the laugh track for those where he does, like, a Q&A after. And, um, yeah, like, the more he goes into the kind of tangent of not scripted stuff and into, like, kind of the weird I'm just going to do what I want stuff, uh, the more and more it, like, resonates with me for whatever reason. So so there's your very long-winded answer of why I like Conan. Wow, that is long-winded. Yep. It's kind of funny because yeah. on the internet on the spectrum, like, uh, the only other one, the only other talk show host that I feel like gets shoved in a lot of people's faces is Jimmy Fallon. And mainly because uh, since we follow the Nintendo stuff, like, he tends to come up once in a while because I think Reggie mm-hmm. visits his show. I don't think Reggie ever visited Conan. He, but, uh, Reggie hasn't, but Conan has interviewed Miyamoto. Uh, yeah. And Martin A. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, he could be genuinely that excited about some things, but it never felt genuine, which probably, I think Jimmy Fallon is the case where it feels like the least genuine, which is it's, kind of unfortunate because it probably is the most, but yeah, Fallon's, I don't know, that's kind of where. Fallon's interesting to me because, like, I feel like he is genuine in his excitement, but he doesn't know how to genuinely express the excitement, if that makes sense. Because his whole show, like, if you look at the, sorry, I'm going to go super, like, Late night, like I love following all this stuff. Uh, his whole show is a different concept of what a late night show is than what late night was for the past 20 or 30 years. Like his show is what like Carson used to do in the 80s and earlier and what like, you know, the, the host before that. He does a variety show where he, he's the ring, uh, not ringleader, like the ringmaster. Like he'll do games with celebrities. He'll do like skits. He'll do in characters. He has recurring characters. Like it's basically SNL with him as the host every day, which is what late night was for a long time. Like I said, especially Johnny Carson. He had multiple characters. He had multiple bits. Johnny Carson used to be like an hour and a half long show just like SNL and then was scaled back to an hour, which then became the regular format. And you know, even the way that it went from The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, The Tonight Show with Johnny uh, – uh, Conan O'Brien to The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon was kind of a throwback to the variety show days. And I think he does the variety show thing because his whole thing, his whole shtick is he wants everyone to have a good time. Like that's literally his motto. Like everyone just needs to have a good time. We're going to play games. We're going to have fun. There's going to be music. I'm going to do characters. Everyone watches going to have a good time. The people are here are going to have a good time. And I think in his head – and I don't think he conveys it properly, but I think in his head, he's really psyched to have these people on that want to have a good time with him, even though they're maybe there to promote something or whatever. But when he tries to express it, he falls back on what sounds like super fake laughter, over complimentary comments like, oh, you're the best. You know, someone will be like, let's just pick a random person, like John Cena's on or something. John Cena maybe no, has some Steve funny. Buscemi. Okay, Steve Buscemi, whatever. Someone's on, and, you know, maybe they make a funny comment, and he won't just laugh. He'll, like, slap his knee and go you're the best you're the funniest oh my god you're so funny and then he'll like repeat back the final line they said and i think he's trying to do it because i think he he i don't quite do that ever but um i think Mm -hmm. he's genuinely trying to make sure the guest is having a good time because his whole the whole concept of his show is to have a good time quote unquote and for everyone to enjoy themselves well like other shows are more about like i'm gonna interview this person get to know them or like i'm gonna give a take on the news like if you look at like late night with seth meyers he has closer look which is all about like what's going on in like politics and you know colbert does the same thing with his monologue and they still do interviews but they'll bring on guests like authors and they'll bring on guests yeah, like uh, political pundits popular 
it seems like. And then it seems like people haven't really liked his chair, his show, or maybe that was early on. He had a weak start because he was in the age of Fallon's variety show. So Fallon's variety show, in my mind, I'm going real deep with this. Fallon's variety show, in my mind, worked perfect in the previous era of America, which was frankly the obama presidency when everything had this perception generally in culture of being kind of rosy and good and we're on the up and up and everything's going great obviously some people within that felt otherwise that's how we have the current president but generally in pop culture the vibe was positive and uplifting and whatnot so variety show of goofy silly things without cynicism which is another thing found doesn't like cynicism um made sense and resonated and that's why all his bits went viral and when colbert started he's a political like a political comedian he does stuff based on current events hard to do that when everything's you know golden feeling uh flip it when when we have our current president and you know the kind of tone of the country sort of shifted and there's a lot more worry and concern and that sort of thing and um suddenly all the commentary about like how everything's going wrong so the the, the colbert's the samantha b's the seth meyers and uh john oliver's of the world they are now the thing people want to hear because they're the ones that are pointing out everything wrong in society and how dumb it is and how yes we see that this is stupid you're not alone join us and we'll mock it together that sort of rose up in prominence because it was sort of like uh therapeutic for people right so colbert is now ahead of fallon but up until that switch up until we had you know trump come into power essentially um fallon was above colbert and then it Within, I think, a year of Trump, it completely flipped. And Kimmel's somewhere in the middle there because he's sarcastic and started being sarcastic in a way that wasn't political. But then over the last four years, it become more and more political. So he's always been kind of in the middle, Kimmel, of the ratings. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so that's just in, just in general of, of like likability. What was that? I thought you were just talking about like. Oh no, I meant I meant like ratings like and stuff. Like the shows, like okay. saw a notable flip. Like Fallon was number one for the first however long that Colbert was on on when he took over Lehrman, and then within like probably sometime in twenty seventeen, it completely reversed. Fallon Isn't still Jimmy has Fallon, one of the most disliked uh, SNL players. That's what they th- play, a lot. Right? I mean, a lot of people do like him. His show does still have that. high ratings, but there is definitely like that. The, there is that thing I think of. Um, how genuine is he? And he is not good at putting on a genuine front, even when I think he's trying to be. Like I, gen- I honestly don't believe that he constantly is faking his excitement for things. He seems excited. Oh, that you were pausing between words for no, 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 no. no. I was just thinking. I was just thinking of the word I want to use. I don't think he's faking it. I think he just doesn't know how to express it in a genuine way. If that makes sense. Because even like, is that all he's ever done? Like, how did he even get started? Like, who? I well, he left the door open and just never told him to leave. So, if you really want, all right. So, <laughs> here we go. The Tonight Show used to be produced by I don't know who, and it was here in. Why LA, do you know this? Right? I I told you I follow this stuff. I'm, a, I'm I like late night. I'm a nerd of this stuff. Anyway, uh, it used to be produced out here in L.A. when Leno did it. They moved it – when Conan did, it was out here in L.A. too, right? That didn't go so well. So what they ended up doing is they gave the reins of, to, of The Tonight Show to Lauren Michaels of SNL. He has been the producer of Late Night, the follow-up show, since I want to say maybe Letterman, at least since Conan. He – Lauren Michaels handpicked Conan to host Late Night with Conan O'Brien. He was a writer on SNL, had no TV experience, and Lauren Michaels like, I think this guy's going to be a good fit. And here we are 27 years later. Um, he also handpicked Fallon 
So the way Fallon got to where he's at is he was on SNL. He did his thing. He left SNL. He tried to do a movie career. That didn't really work. He did a couple comedy albums. That did okay, I guess. And then Lorne Michaels, for whatever reason, was like he would be a good guy to take over late night from Conan O'Brien when he moves to The Tonight Show. So NBC said, all right, you're right about Conan. Conan's moving to The Tonight Show, so why don't you just keep producing late night and you can have Fallon? So they brought in Fallon. and Everyone's like, huh, that's kind of weird. And then Fallon started to pick up momentum because he did the whole variety show thing, which was different at the time from everyone else. Like right now, there's Fallon that does it, and there's also James Corden that does it. And Corden is kind of following the trail of that Fallon left. But Fallon at the time was the only one doing the variety show thing, and it really worked. So then in all the kerfuffle with Conan and Leno, the aftermath of that, Fallon ended up taking over The Tonight Show because it worked so well for Late Night. So he kind of just like fell into it because Lorne Michaels was just like, yeah, that guy. But he was on SNL, this kind of weird – like he was both the most hated and the most like because a lot of people liked how much – didn't like but it became a running gag of how much he breaks on the show. Like he could not hold it together in the same way that like Stefan with Bill Hader was popular because of how much he broke. Um, Fallon's thing was he would constantly break and then he had this sort of like – he was like oh, you know, to a lot of people, oh, it's a, it's a cute guy on SNL. Like a lot of women liked him and a lot of people just sort of like it's the face of SNL. It's very much – parallel but not as dark to what's going on with pete davidson and his rise right now in terms of like it's just this like person on snl who's like somehow bigger than just being an actor on the show so i think that's kind of how fallon got to the point where lauren michaels thought maybe he'd be worth doing but then again conan never got to that point lauren michaels still plucked him out of obscurity and made him what he is today so it's it's weird how this all sort of comes about but yeah that that's kind of the backstory it is weird yeah it is weird yeah, it is weird. Yeah, I think I think we just find our episode title. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I just gotta ask Kevin, do you watch? Because I know I now know Angel watches Conan through me indirectly. I watch Conan and all of them on some level. Are there any you watch, or do you just like avoid the format? Eric Andre can count if you want to count him. Uh, Space Ghost, uh, Coast to Coast ah, is the best. Good answer. Is the best uh, talk show. See that that that's again oh, similar to with Bethesda. That was awkward. That's another cut from the same cloth as Conan and Eric Andre. It was something that was designed to like kind of undermine what the format would be. It was animated. It had a talking yeah. praying mantis. Like it, you know. So there's actually something on Disney Plus right now that Jim Henson Company produced that also. Isn't I think it's like called Ned. Elmo, doesn't he have a talk show host? No, so Elmo has an HBO Max late night show, Sesame Street late night show. Yeah, which isn't late night, but it's mirroring. It actually looks a lot like the Tonight Show, like the set and everything. But no, there's one on Disney Plus. It's like a weird – it's produced by Jim Henson Company, and it's about an alien named Ned who comes to Earth and decides instead of like taking over Earth, he's just going to interview the famous people and see why they're famous or something like that. And he – it's like a puppet. So they're in a set with a puppet, like a full-size like Jim Henson-style you know, puppet, and the puppet has a sidekick, and it's like a full-on late-night show but set on the spaceship of this puppet who decided not to invade Earth because he was fascinated with our culture or something. It's very space ghosty. But I haven't actually watched it, but uh, I think all of it's up on Disney Plus now. It's called like Ned from mm-hmm. Space or Ned Comes to Earth or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so if you need Space Ghost 2.0, that's probably the closest you'll get. <laughs> Space Ghost. Uh, I, I, I hope that they bring Space Ghost back with HBO Max. That'd be great. I, feel I like mean, it'd be... I feel like they came really close to it because they had Harvey Birdman and had all the Hanna-Barbera crossovers and that. Like it's not that much more of a leap to just do Space Ghost. Yeah. 
and given the staple of Warner Media company uh, properties that now all are all you know all together, they could like bring in Looney Tunes, they could do Scooby Doo. Like it's there's a lot. It's it's huge potential. It is. It definitely is. Yeah. Um. No, but I you know I watched the Conan remote, so there's a new one which there hasn't been in a while for obvious reasons. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sh- like I subscribed to the Team Coco channel for a while, and. When he switched to the 30-minute format, I Mm -hmm. feel like we saw less of those remotes online. Yeah, so so it's interesting because TBS isn't, you know, a ratings powerhouse. (laughs) So um, what they started to do – well, his ratings went down because, like, no one's watching – from you know, from NBC to TBS. Uh, But what they started to notice is people were resonating with him, his online content, the remotes. They're resonating with – Clueless Gamer, they're resonating with the travel shows. His podcast is huge. It's now a whole network of podcasts. So the show isn't even the isn't even like the end all be all now. So the way they're doing it is the 30 minute Conan show is basically it's still a nightly show, but they have on their YouTube longer interviews. They have on their YouTube longer bits. They do stuff on the show that primes the pump for the podcast. Like they'll have, you know, the other day they had Michelle Obama on. Three days later, they're like, surprise, we have a new podcast with Michelle Obama too. And it's all like this sort of weird synergetic multi faceted multimedia thing so the show itself is probably ending up with fewer remotes because it's not so much about the little simple remotes now it's like oh well one branch of conan and team coco is the travel shows so they're probably diverting a lot of that money and effort to making those which of course can't happen right, right now but yeah it's, it's it there is a pivot for sure where they're not doing quite as much of the typical remotes because you know they could go to i don't know uzbekistan instead or something so <laughs> right, so coming in, I I definitely watch when whenever I can. He is the only one that I'll, I'll like. I'll never watch a Jimmy Fallon clip on YouTube. I'll never watch James Corden one. I'll never Callum. watch a Colbert one. I'll watch a Kimmel one every now and then because I I do like Jimmy Kimmel. I uh, but what yeah. are your thoughts on him getting more? Like, cause he used to be kind of just snark but what are your thoughts on him getting more like political now like he's actually like using his platform to like talk about things opposed to just make wisecracks about things has yeah that, like as someone uh, that follows him does that like or not follows him but you know watches from time to time have you found yourself less engaged like do you prefer the not political because cone is not political at all yeah cone is definitely not political no I, I i do like jimmy kimmel using his platform to advocate for stuff like i think it was his son was born and he like yeah. uh, teared up because it was like my son was born under these circumstances, and the only reason that he was able to make it was because of like the incredible healthcare that I have, and like it broke his heart that there are people that don't have that healthcare. And it's like mm-hmm. it's like I I I don't believe that celebrities with a huge platform have to advocate for their beliefs. Um, I'm kind of weird like that where I'm I'm. I'm super leftist, but I'm sometimes I have like these libertarian views like that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do do like the fact that he is using his platform, which is cool. Considering how and considering the the different pathways that him and Adam Carolla took, where seriously they were both on the Man Show. Mm-hmm. This this well, how long how long would an episode of the man show go like 30 minutes or was like it 22 hour? minutes 25 minutes uh, so, so, yeah just like how degenerate both of them were yeah and now jimmy kimmel is this like this advocate for for 
rights yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and and, Cro- and, and Adam Carolla just podcast. sucks. Yeah, it's yeah. So so it was it was interesting to to look yeah. at that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, aside from that, yeah, that's that's all I really watch. I mean, Eric Andre, I, Eric Andre's his own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, him and Zach Galifianakis. Between two ferns. Oh, between, oh, yeah, between, between two, two ferns. ferns. See, that's I another guess. that's <laughs> another kind of cut from the same cloth as Andre and Conan and Space Ghost. Like, there's definitely it's gotten to the point where that sort of subgenre of talk shows almost as big as the main one now. There's like three. It's it's my last thought. I promise. There, it's interesting to see how they've all tried to like make their own path so they distinguish from one another. Like, if you look at like last week tonight with john oliver they're trying to be the 60 minutes of late night talk show or not even talk shows but like late night shows like they do these in-depth analysis of like deeper issues they got the daily show which is like the nightly news version then you've got colbert or even like seth myers a closer look which i really like which are more like the uh talking heads that you see like during a cnn interview but the comedy equivalent then you've got you know uh, sam b who i guess is kind of more like john oliver um, so she kind of falls under the like news magazine thing. Then you've got like the, the, the collective of variety shows of Corden and Fallon. And then you've got this like just all these people are just like, this format's ridiculous. Let's poke fun at it, which is basically everyone else. <laughs> but there's definitely like separate buckets now where it all used to be, they all used to compete directly with one another, but they all kind of found their own lane or at least found buckets to fall into. Probably because there's just too many yeah. shows now. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's too much content out too there nowadays content. to consume. I, I think that's the theme of all our quarantine chronicles. There's just too much. Just, just too much. There's just too much. There's too much TV shows to watch, too much music to listen to, too many video games to play. I think last mm, night Elvis said something along the lines of like... <laughs> yeah, time oh, is finite. <laughs> yeah. what, did Elvis, what did he say along the lines of? Uh, Elvis said something he was like, I think Elvis said something along the lines of like, oh, this game is on sale. I can't. I already have 14 games on the backlog. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So too much content. Too much content. But that, but that, that's why, uh, we try to, we try to pick at that content with this, uh, podcast. Um, so unless any, anyone else has it. anything else to say, I think that's like be ending it. on too much content is fitting. You just spent an hour and well, a half with us telling you about too much content. And that yeah. hour and a half, you can't use on other content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so we will be back next week with a uh, new episode of Random Nintendo, which I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, Minecraft Steve. Yep, and uh, Mario 35. What else are we going to Mario 35. Which is super. I played it for like two and a half hours last night, speaking of time. It's really I fun. was debating bringing up Hades in this episode, which I've been playing Might as well. some of. Um Why'd you stop? But the thing is, the th- what happened? Why'd you stop? Because or that so game is also on Switch, oh. but I don't want to play it on Switch until cross-save has been implemented, which that's I think the devs, Supergiant, did say it was supposed to come out in October. Yeah, that's so going to be this month. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm even going to talk about Hades on this next episode of Random Nintendo, but that also gives me way more time to, to play the game and... Likewise, so having a great time with it. more motivation for people to keep tuning into our shows because Hades will show up eventually. Yeah, when? exactly. You have I'm, to tune I'm in to find out. I'm <laughs> dangling this this uh, this carrot in front of uh, yeah, in front of all you listeners. But uh, yeah, I guess that'll do it for this episode. We are Ren Nintendo on Twitter. Jason is JSR seven. Angel is Wayro underscore O W E I R 
O <laughs> underscore O. I love how you start doing the intonation I've been doing. It's funny. <laughs> uh, I am Kevin Gomi. Oh, uh, you could uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher. Uh, I totally forgot everything else. Our uh, YouTube is random Nintendo. Our com. YouTube is random. You got everything Nintendo else. That's the only thing you forgot. <laughs> no, like like oh, iHeartRadio. We're on oh, there. Yeah, that's uh, one you added, and I started to include as well. So, thanks, uh, Clear Channel Media, now called iHeartRadio, iHeartMedia. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, and I guess that'll that that does it for the. Uh, there's some podcasts that I listen to that that like the first. The first couple of minutes, they they call it something. Uh, it's not like table dressing. What what is it? Housekeeping. Oh, uh, housekeeping. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Housekeeping. So I think that's all. That's all the housekeeping for this. And we will uh, let you go with some final words from Jason. Uh, I was not prepared to do this. Um, you have to stop doing that. <laughs> Jesus, Jason. <laughs>